Welcome to Kankakee Podcast, where we talk about the people and places of Kankakee County. I'm Jake Lamore, and if you like the sound of my voice, it's because I'm using this magnificent microphone from King Music. It's a PreSonus PD70, and it's absolutely incredible for any type of vocal performances that you want to capture. And the cool thing is you can get this for a very decent price at King Music with a discount code from Kankakee Podcast. If you go to kingmusic.com and you click on that PreSonus PD70 microphone and then put the promo code in, Pod is the promo code. You put that in and you get 10% off your order. So keep that in mind, kingmusic.com, and use that promo code, Pod. This is our monthly episode with the Kankakee County Museum, where we get into something historical from our rich history in Kankakee County, and we're joined by Jack Clasey. Hi, Jack. Good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. I keep forgetting it's a morning. It's been a long morning. I keep, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's great to always. And somebody great to may be you. listening to this podcast at midnight or, or three in the morning. Who it's knows? very true. Yeah. So just a good day, I guess, is the. But yeah, we're recording this in the morning. Jack, it's always great to have you here. You're on the board of the Kankakee County Historical Society. You also write a weekly column in the Daily Journal. You're an author. You do everything. And uh, so it's always an honor and a privilege to sit down with you. And uh, before we get deep into our topic today, I just want to point out some really great things that are happening at the museum. I'm really excited about this one, Jack. The geological story of Kankakee. That's a lecture that's coming up at the museum on Sunday, October 8th. So if you're listening to this before October 8th, you can go. It's at 1 p.m. and you can uh, learn about the geological history and formation of Kankakee by Abigail Davis, who is a geology enthusiast. She's also a museum volunteer as well. Should be a fascinating program. We learn all about limestone and uh and not just the, the township, but the, the rock. <laughs> yeah, we're going to learn about the, the rock that makes our area so beautiful in so many different ways. It's not just the natural way we find it at parks and things like that, but it's also so many of our historic buildings are made from the limestone from this county. So, so I just walk through the downtown area and look at some of the churches uh, and just the Different places that the, well, the Stone Barn, our museum yeah, downtown. I was just going to say that the French Heritage from the Museum, sixties, uh, and that is probably that's one of the oldest buildings downtown. Uh, yeah, I think the uh, the and the Methodist Church are both eighteen fifties era or eighteen sixties and seventies era limestone 
buildings, and they're beautiful. The library, the back portion of the uh, with the old library, the old the library, c- the yes. city uh, now the city uh, administration building. So there's so many wonderful buildings and so much geological history that is interesting. And then another event that's coming up a little ahead of time uh, in November, on November 5th, is the Artisan Fair that takes place at the Kankakee County Museum. Lots of fine arts and crafts. That's from 9 to 3 on November 5th. And if you want to find out anything that's happening at the museum, go to KankakeeCountyMuseum.com. Also, Facebook and Instagram at Kankakee County Museum. And you can just go visit the museum at your leisure, the Kankakee County Museum, and then also the French Heritage Museum, which will be closing soon for the season. Correct. Uh, <laughs> give a give you a heads up on that. There's not too many Saturdays left. End of October, I think, but I'm not quite sure on that, but it's pretty close. Yeah, it's usually sometime in the fall. Right. So take uh, take advantage of that. Open every Saturday. So, Jack... What are we talking about today, Jay? We're talking about the Great Interstate Fair, which was, during its heyday, one of the largest events in the state of Illinois. In fact, it drew more people to than any other fair in the state, with the exception of the, the state fair. It drew people from surrounding states all over the place to Kankakee. So it was the state fair and then the interstate, interstate fair, fair was fair, just right. Right, right under there. Yeah, and it was part of the long history of fairs in Kankakee County. Uh, if we go back all the way to 1856, which was three years after the county was founded, there was a uh, a county fair held in Cobbs Woods, which today you would know as Riverview section of Kankakee, roughly near Cobb Park. I think the newspaper at the time referred to it as the Farmer's Picnic. That's funny. <laughs> anyway, then through the years, various other fairs were held. That right after the Civil War, for example, that they had found a permanent home for the county fair, at least permanent at that time, and the fairgrounds west of Mound Grove Cemetery, along what's now Fair Street. That was right after the Civil War, and so the the county fair moved there and, and grew rather well over the years. From 1902 to 1911, it was known as the District Fair, the Kankakee District Fair, and it was interesting how much of an area it covered. It drew people sort of officially from Kankakee, Will, Iroquois, Grundy, Livingston, and Ford counties in Illinois. Was that just kind of the reason why they called it a district fair? Because it wasn't just Kankakee County. It was mm-hmm. all the neighboring counties as well. So they're just so. like, let's call it a district fair. Right. I think that actually, you know, for example, the competitions and so forth for the Blue Ribbons and that sort of thing, you could enter from any of those counties and even from Lake and Newton County in Indiana. And it was a pretty big deal, nineteen roughly 1902 to 1911. And... That represented a renaissance in the fair. In the late 1800s, early 1890s, it had been kind of dying out, not very popular. But a group of young farmers and businessmen and so forth in Kankakee, including Len Small, who was then a young politician, he was a very active farmer horticulturist in Illinois and Kankakee. So, but why do you think it was dying out, though? Not to interrupt you, but I, just... I think there was some disagreement, among other things, between the horsemen and the other farm interests. There were some questions about racing and so forth. And eventually what happened is the for a while, the horse racing interests, and these were sulky racers, not horseback racers, 
I forget what they call it. With it's a, a horse racing where no one's riding? Is that right? What? They're riding in a cart behind. Uh, oh, they're riding in a cart behind. Uh, yeah, trying, oh, trying, um, I can't think of the proper name for the... Yeah, shoot, it escapes my mind, too. So but, this was... That's like the old... What, you think of Romans, right? Is that the... Yeah, chariot racing. Chariot sort of, racing, yeah, yeah kind of uh, like that. Yeah, yeah I, I can't remember what the name... But anyway, speaking of whatever it was, the horsemen's group founded their own racetrack and they built a unique racetrack it was figure eight shaped and it was over roughly in what is now hobby heights in kanki and the east end of court street about just west of what would be mary crest subdivision and it for a number of years it was the main racetrack in the area even drew people from around the country because it was a a very unusual formation it did spawn several others of the same kind of thing the fair in the 18, late 1890s began to be revitalized. They increased the uh, amount of money they put into uh, prizes and so forth. They started bringing more outside activities like uh, entertainment type of things into the fairgrounds. So that's kind of when the fair became more than just showing off animals and the exactly. things you would grow and oh, horse yeah. races. Yeah. So it was more like, okay, what can we do to get people through the, the gate, right? Exactly. And entertainment. And one of the things they did in 1899, they built a, a new, much larger grandstand because, again, they were doing activities like entertainment type of things equestrian acts and circus type acts and racing of various kinds. And another oddity in 1899, there were actually two fairs at the same time. One of them was, of course, the district fair. And the other was the Merchant Street Fair of 1899, which was a really big deal. They uh, drew hundreds, maybe even thousands of people downtown and has held the same week as the county fair. And there were booths and, uh, you know, entertainment all downtown that time. It was actually pretty well attended both that and the county fair at that time. And they talked about doing a Merchant Street Fair in succeeding years, but it never came about. So that was just a one-time deal. That was then. a one-time deal, yeah. You wrote an article on that. I did, recently. yes. Maybe uh, that's a couple what weeks it was. ago. Uh -huh. Okay, yeah. So if you want to look through the Daily Journal's yeah, for, archives, you can read the article and see yeah. the the pictures from it are are really incredible. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, huge. The floats, of course, were big farm wagons were hauled by horses. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and there was we have a really good photo of the uh, the Queen's float with all of her attendants. They were all pretty fancily dressed. A big uh, timepiece. Uh, the one of the jewelers in town had a, I guess it was a mocked-up pocket watch that was like six feet in diameter, and they wasn't Volkman, it was it? It was. It, it was, was Volkman. Volkman and something at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, became of course the leading uh, jeweler for many years here. Anyway, the Interstate Fair was held for the first time. They changed the name and so forth in 1912. Or excuse me, 1911, and it got to be a pretty big thing. They brought in acts from all over the, the country, the grandstand. And this was being held where again? This one? Uh, this is being held in the same spot that the district fair had been. Okay. Uh, and today it's called Old Fair, fair Park. Park. Okay. I and just wanted to was, make sure. It was a good sized, good sized land. Originally, I think the when it was a district fair, they had like 15 acres and so forth, but it grew to much more than that. I don't know quite how many, but it seems to me it was maybe close to 100 acres by the time they were done. 
because they had an even larger grandstand eventually there. The grandstand that was built for the 1899 fair burned on July 21st, 1921. It was at that time the largest grandstand in the state. It was 500 feet long, and I don't know how many people that would hold, but it would be definitely in the thousands. After that fire, they were going to help build a temporary grandstand because this happened like 25 days before the fair was supposed oh to open. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, and it was a total loss. I mean, it just was old wood that just burned down like sure. easily. So they talked about it, and they they had pretty brave statements that we're going to rebuild. Use a temporary grandstand of some sort. But then the more they thought about it, they thought, yeah, you're better off just canceling for this this year and building a proper grandstand. And they built an even larger one. <laughs> Got to build for the future. Oh, yeah. In the early days of the fairs, not the early days there, but it's, uh, the late 1800s, the early 1900s, especially early 1900s, you began to see the effects of aviation. One of the, and I think it was in 1901 or 1902, there was a balloon ascension, a woman balloon ascension, and she ascended into the heavens and I believe parachuted down. That happened here in, in Kankakee, oh, yeah. one of the fairs. Oh, yeah. That's that, were, <laughs> that was not an uncommon thing. There was a man named Nels Anderson from Shabance, I believe, or Clifton, who uh, in the early 1900s did that sort of an act, went around to all the little county fairs and town celebrations and so forth. And he would ride up in his hot air balloons, often with his little dog, <laughs> and reach a certain point and... Just parachute down. Now, somebody would still be in the <laughs> balloon, right? Or how would the balloon? No, it just was, um, it would deflate. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, I think he probably had a ripstop or something sort yeah. of where he could open it and let the, the hot air out so it would come down so they could retrieve it, obviously. They right. didn't That's want to chase it all the way across the county. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there are very strange things happen around fairs. Well, that was kind of just America and I don't know, maybe the whole world, but specifically America. I know it was right around that time in the early 1900s when a lot of the those crazy stunts were happening. People oh, yeah. were climbing buildings and going over uh, Niagara Falls in a barrel. Yeah, <laughs> all those crazy things. So that you know that was probably our version of it oh, here, yeah. right? I mean, was uh, going up on a hot oh, yeah. air balloon and going down on a parachute. Uh, going back to this, the fairs again, aviation, and I don't have the year at hand, but I think it was somewhere around 1911. Maybe 1912, the first year of the uh, 1911, 1912, first year of the Interstate Fair, the Moissant Aviation Company came to town with two or three of their biplanes and a couple of uh, daring young men on flying <laughs> flying aircraft doing acrobatics over the fair and so forth. And even uh, although she did not fly at that particular one, the young lady who was the second woman in the United States to earn a pilot's license. And she was one of the Moissant family. She's one of the sisters. The Moissants were from here, actually from Mantino, the John Moissant, who was the head of the aviation company, who ended up dying in an auto in a, 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 an aircraft crash at New Orleans. And for many years, uh, the major airport at New Orleans was Moissant Field. It later became... Uh, Louis Armstrong. Okay. Yes, Armstrong, Louis Armstrong Field. But anyway, the Moissants had grown up in a farm in Mantino and somehow got into the aviation business. And they did uh, 
fairs all over the country. They actually at one point had a, and this is out east, they had a training school for pilots. The young lady who was the second pilot, a woman pilot in the, in the country was one of the daughter of that family. And then later, of course, they had quite a few different aircraft exhibits and uh, through the years. We have in the mu museum collection, we have a an aerial photo taken of the fairgrounds in probably the teens, 19, 17, 18, somewhere in there. And there are either two or three biplanes parked in the infield in front of the of the, uh, the big, you can see the big racetrack and the uh, grandstand and a couple of aircraft parked there, along with hundreds or maybe thousands of autos just south, let's see, no, I'm sorry, just north of the fairgrounds. They had a big parking area. And of course, by about the 1920s, you had a lot of uh, cars on Right, a lot of people were driving at that point. Mm -hmm. They could afford their own. And it would be, I mean, at that time, it would just be amazing to watch a plane go in circles like that and just just uh, amazing to see a plane in general in the That's teens right. would oh, have, yes. just because they were still such a a new oh, thing That's right. did did they offer rides to civilians or was it just mere amusement watching them do their I spins think at that fair it was strictly an entertainment type of thing okay uh, the Interstate Fair, getting back there again, I guess. I, <laughs> it's I keep, so easy I keep, get, I keep getting distracted, but <laughs> it, I hope Well, people... there's so many stories that uh, there's so many different aspects oh, yeah. of the fair that lead into, you know, that lead into it. The main entrance to the fair was at the, on the north side of what's now Fair Street, directly across where, where Harrison Avenue ends. And they had a big arch a ticket gate that you went in, and uh, we have a number of pictures of those. And they that arch was finally torn down in, I think, about the 1950s. It had been, you know, decaying for years. But it was quite an event. There were, of course, many buildings at the fairgrounds. I mean, you not only had the huge grandstand and the uh, the infield where things were going on, but you had a horticultural building and you had an agriculture building, and there were various exhibits that could be seen. And of course, there was a midway. You had a uh, behind the grandstand, there was a midway with all kinds of attractions, including you know, hoochie hoochie dancers and uh, radicky beer tent. <laughs> and there was a little Ferris wheel I remember seeing on one of the pictures that we have. And uh, just any number of things. Uh, we have photographs again of, of crowds surging down this midway. Auto racing was fairly popular, in fact. Did that, when did that start coming into the interstate fair? Was it in the teens or was it not until like the 20s? I think it was probably in the, the late teens, perhaps, because by that time there was a pretty significant number of vehicles around. Actually, the first auto race in Kankakee, I think, was 1910. Let me check and see here. That's our October 12th, 1910 uh, was. Uh, Let's see, the actual, they had a uh, a race that was at the fairgrounds, and I don't remember how many people we had, but there was a $200 purse and so forth, and it was... Uh, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money at that Back time. Back then, yeah. One of the uh, prominent racers in town was a man named George Fortin, and George Fortin's 
garage. He owned a garage and a car dealership. He was the, the Buick Overland Franklin, I think, or several of the, you know, in the 20s at least, uh, different places. He had been injured in a, a crash in a, a race in Joliet the week before, so he was not in the, the one in Kankakee. I'm amazed they had him that early, 1910. Yeah. I would think it would be a little later than yeah. that. But so by the by the teens, though, the 19, oh, yeah. uh, they started to have the right. auto races auto at, races on the, the track at right. the fair yes, right at the fair right okay the fair was a big showcase especially in the the 20s for Len Small of course because he was busy running for governor and was elected governor it's uh, really a time for him to shine yes he did show and, off uh, and so we have many again many photographs in our collection of the governor with various people uh, at various events around the, the even uh, for example, Uncle Joe Cannon, who was a U.S. representative from Danville, very powerful man. He was many years was the Speaker of the House of Representatives. He would turn up with uh, the Governor Small, of course, and uh, Big Bill Thompson, the uh, Mayor of Chicago, would turn up in photographs along with him. And so there was a, a great big coming to the fair was. A lot easier in the 20s than it had been earlier than that, uh, and in the 30s, mainly because of the fact that by the late 1920s, Illinois had the largest number of paved roads in the state in the country. Again, coming back to Len Small, that was his big thing, and he ran for governor as pulling Illinois out of the mud, and uh, hundreds of miles a year of roads were paved, and eventually thousands of miles were paved. So it made it easy to get to places like the Kanky Interstate Fair or from Chicago to Rockford or and so forth. There was also people came to the fair on the railroads. In that period, the railroads were still big business. You had, you know, maybe 50 trains a day going through Kankakee one way or another between the various. And so people would come from Chicago. They would come from Southern Illinois or Iowa. Or yeah, because what at that time, how many different Lines were running through. Yeah, two basic, two stations anyway. You had the IC, of course, downtown, and the Big Four station up on the north side. After a while, you had the 3I station as well, which eventually burned down. But So you had at least three major lines, plus there were a lot of little short-haul lines like Kanki and Seneca and so forth, but people would come to... Uh, events in Chicago, or even commute. The railroads also frequently would run uh, excursion fairs for groups, American Association of uh, Brewery Workers or something out of Chicago might have a, a big group thing with a, 500 people that they were bringing down to something in, in, in Kankakee. And it uh, might be the interstate fair. It might be the interstate fair and frequently was. Of course, they were special Ticket rates sometimes, too, for things like the fair. If you were going to go to the fair, you could get an excursion rate of some sort. And once again, with the interstate fair, are there several counties feeding into this fair? This or... was, I think the the district fair idea just sort of, I don't know if it was carried over or not, but officially the interstate fair, I guess, was not technically a Kankakee fair. It just happened to be located in Kankakee. Okay. <laughs> but it was open. And I don't know, again, about the competitions, you know, for 
best butter and that sort of thing. Or Yeah, uh, I just wasn't sure if it was I, exclusive like Kankakee County or if it, the, the name interstate lent itself right. to kind of being open to anyone I that could. So. Probably so. You could be there from anywhere. And I think, too, in the the late 20s and, and or the, the 20s and the early 30s, possibly the, the county fair aspect of it, the agricultural competitions, took a real back seat to the entertainment activities. I mean, there were circus acts of, again, looking at pictures we have, we have trapeze artists flying out around there and uh, equestrians standing on the backs of horses and this sort of thing. The uh, interstate fair... They missed the 1922 event because of the the grandstand burned down. But when they did come back, had huge crowds backing the seats in that big new grandstand. The fair only lasted another 10 years after that, though. The 1931 fair, actually the 1932 fair, was huge. I mean, there's a lot of promotional material. They brought huge numbers of people in, uh, a lot of great acts and so forth. And it looked like Boy, this is going to go on forever. But then, unfortunately, somebody realized that there was another a big competition going on the next year. In Chicago, they were holding the Century of Progress Exposition in 1933, which was, of course, a World's Fair and was guaranteed to draw millions of people. Originally, there was an idea that maybe that would really benefit Kankakee because people would be staying in hotels here to be able to get in. And maybe it did to some extent. But the fair authorities or the fair board, whatever, I think finally examined this as, do you know, I don't think we're going to be able to compete with these people up there. We're going to pull all of our visitors away and we've got all these big investment. We're going to be bringing in acts and paying a lot of money if we could even get them because they're going to be booked elsewhere. So they said, nope, okay, 1932, no fair. Or 1933, right? Yeah, no Didn't 1933 it's... fair. And yeah. I think one of the other factors was, of course, 1932 was the depth of the Depression. So people didn't have a lot of uh, money to spend. And if they were going to spend it, they were going to go to the World's Fair, probably. Well, the expectation, of course, was that the Interstate Fair would be revived in 34, but it wasn't. That and for a number of following years... Fairs reverted back. Well, there was a number of years where there were no fair at all, but then it reverted back to the original model of a, a relatively small county fair drawing mostly local people with, you know, local agricultural events and some things. And the site, some of the, the fairs continued to be held at what's well, now Old Fair Park. Others were some of the other places, I think, uh, along the river, uh, the Riverview area and so forth. Again, they were relatively small time. They just kind of went wherever they could from? Uh, I think so, wherever they could point. find space and so forth. But uh, late 1930s and into the 40s, they held in various spots and were kind of a relatively small thing. But the fair board still existed, of course, and they said, you know, we really need a, a better location, a permanent home for the Kankakee County Fair, and we think it could be a bigger event than it is with these this sort of wandering things. So they bought 168 acres south of Kankakee, a farm there, and I've forgotten the name of the farmer. But in 1948, in a two-day period from June 26th and 27th, 
they blitzed the place. They had 250 volunteers. They had donated construction equipment, and they essentially built a fairgrounds in two days, although mostly it was you know under canvas for that first year. But they had a, a, a partial grandstand for events. They had a track. They had uh, places for to hold the judging and so forth. And then over the next several years, they built up the fairgrounds that we see today that has you know, a, a large competitive track for racing and other events, uh, a nice-sized grandstand, a midway, and exhibition halls for the different events of the uh, of the fair. So the fair has still is essentially local, but I, that draws, I think it does draw people from around surrounding counties as well. And even some of the acts for entertainment mm-hmm. that they bring to the Kankakee County Fair to this day will be from far away. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I know one year they had a motocross act. They were, I think they were twin brothers mm-hmm. and they tour county fairs all over the country. Mm-hmm. And they were from somewhere out west, I think. So, you know, just an example. Evil Knievel and his brother. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I wish I could remember their names off the top of my head. But but yeah, it, it, they still kind of hold true going back to those interstate fair routes a little bit. Yeah, I think that fairs are still really a, a viable sort of thing because I think that a lot of people, even though we're now essentially, we're still a very agricultural county, but a lot of the, the younger people, especially are urban, more urban oriented. But they still go to things like the fair because, hey, this is something cool to do. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, it's something cool to do. It's something different. It helps us uh, kind of get back to our roots. You know, mm-hmm. they may like the urban lifestyle, but maybe they want to, you know, soak you got, in the rural lifestyle yeah, for a minute. Cotton candy and a, uh, you know. <laughs> Corn dog and, and a corn dog uh, and, a, <laughs> and a deep and a deep fried banana or something. But, like yeah, that. something deep fried. There's always <laughs> some interesting deep fried things. There's actually surprising number of things going on. I've just happened to notice uh, a posting that uh, Bill Yanka did on Facebook the other day, and he was talking about last weekend and how many events were going on in Kankakee and the surrounding. Uh, areas, he said, you know, used to be people complained there's nothing to do here. He said, look at this list. (laughs) Some of them still complain about it. But yeah, yeah, no, there's something always going on. And and it is uh, amazing that, you know, the the Kankakee County Fairgrounds is actually, they have several events that happen there throughout the year that aren't the fair. Oh yeah, they. Yeah, you know, one of them is the Lay Artisans Arts and Crafts Fair. That's right, the Bourbonnais Grove Historical Society. Society that's right. a big thing they do out yeah, there. They, and they have, I know, I think, gun and knife shows. They and, have those shows. I know there was a guitar show oh, out yeah, there right. this last summer. There's all kinds of. There sometimes they have a, a reptile show okay. that comes through there. And I think actually they even read out for. Uh, Wedding receptions yeah, and things like have, that. So. Yeah, you can have a wedding out there. That's yeah, a nicely maintained fairgrounds. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. So there's always, it, it's nice to have that facility to, to host those different events that are that are going well, so on. So you look at it and we really have a continuing connection all the way back to 1856 that yeah. 
been a fair of some sort in Kank, most of the time in Kankakee County, and it still lives on. And now you know why Old Fair Park is called Old Fair Park. That's correct. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's where the fair used to be. This has been an interesting excursion. We have been all over the map on this. <laughs> well, this I think this happens almost every time just True. because there's so many pieces to it. But we just encourage everyone, as always, to check out the Kankakee County Museum. Go explore. It's just amazing. Every time I go in there, I learn something new because there's so many things to see. Realistically, some of us don't have enough time to read each individual plaque or things like that, or maybe spend enough time in a certain exhibit. So you kind of do it in multiple trips. Unless you've got absolutely nothing to do for a long period of time, which I feel like most of us don't have that leisure. It takes you multiple trips to to soak in everything that's at the museum. We always like to see, you know, young people, and I'm speaking of kids. They're coming into their family or with a school group and so forth because we think that this is going to be their first introduction. We hope they keep coming back. For example, a week from Friday on the 30th of September, we have our semi-annual history day in which uh, we bring in fifth graders from all different schools in the county. And they come and we have people in the various exhibits to talk about what's going on, uh, like our sports exhibit or uh, a, uh, we sometimes have had a, uh, oh, I know Phil Angelo is always does a thing on the Civil War and he's an excellent Civil War historian. He does a really good presentation on Civil War. With gets the kids involved. He gets them marching, all yeah. kinds of things. Oh, yeah. But uh, we'll have, I think, some reenactors, perhaps. I'm not sure if they are this year, but some years we do. We do this every other year. And uh, we have a teacher in the schoolhouse, of course, and the kids can actually sit down at the desks. And uh, the interesting thing, of course, that many of them don't realize is that the old one-room schoolhouses like that had all six or eight grades in the same room, and they had desk sizes to suit. Yeah. There's a variety of desk sizes in that building uh, for something suitable for the kindergarten or the first grader or for the eighth grader. Yeah. The little desks up to the big ones. Well, Jack, thank you so much again for your time and, and educating us on the Interstate Fair. And once again, KankakeeCountyMuseum.com is a great place to start. Facebook and Instagram. Both of those are at Kankakee County Museum. If you're listening to this before October 8th and you want to learn about the geology side of, and when we say geology, we don't mean genealogy. There's just that slight difference there. There's the slight different spelling, but geology is is the study of rocks. And so there's, there's going to be a, a presentation on that October 8th at the Kankakee County Museum campus. And then also coming up, the Artisan Fair is November 5th. And this, this fair has no racing involved. What's that? I said this fair has no race cars involved. No, there's no race, <laughs> right. There's no racing, a lot, horse a lot, racing. A lot of or... really great ideas for Christmas gifts, though, because of uh, beautifully handcrafted materials from a number of vendors. It's very worthwhile going to. Yeah, and then before you know it, we'll be talking about the gallery of trees. <laughs> that'll be a, that'll be a thing as well. So, but yeah, KankakeeCountyMuseum.com for all those things. Uh, thanks again, Jack. Well, thank you again for having me here. I always enjoy uh, our sessions, Jake. Yes, me too. It's always a great time.
Well, that concludes this episode of Kankakee Podcast. I'm Jake Lamore. Thank you so much for listening. Please share this podcast with a family member, friend, or neighbor that you think might enjoy learning new things about the people and places of Kankakee County. Also, a special thank you to our patrons for helping make this episode possible, including Karen Bishop, James Reardon, Jake Lee, Jesse Arsenal, Dave Barron, Daryl Damper, Samantha Rocknowski, Lake Iverson, Travis Garcia, Jane Bostwick, Don Harrison, Simon Topless, Scott Wright, Carrie O'Connell, Jamie Race, Joanne Barry, Anthony Vicelli, Eric Olson, Jeff and Rosa Carroll, Teague Dreenan, Sandy and Steve Twait, and Rose Lucky. To become a podcast patron, go to kankakeepodcast.com and then just click on the patron tab. If you pledge $5 or more per month, you'll also hear your name announced on an episode. There's also other rewards like early access to new episodes, unedited versions of episodes, even video versions of select episodes, podcast merch, discounts on special events, and so much more. Your monthly pledge is truly appreciated. Our monthly goal right now is to reach $400 per month And right now we're about 37% away from reaching that goal. So please sign up for the patron program today at kankakeepodcast.com. Our theme song is by Lupe Carroll.